Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'm Steve Sarley. Dave Kranz is my partner. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, especially St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a lot of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. Yes, they do. Daiwa Reels. Don't forget, We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 from wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can always check it out at our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded and produced by... Berserk Productions, Mr. Brad Nearman down in Lando Lakes, Florida. Hey there, Brad. How are you doing? On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Dave's going to visit with Pat Nye. He's the executive director of National Professional Anglers Association. They just finished up their big annual conference. And I get to visit with one of the keynote speakers of that conference. He is an elite angler, his first year on the elites, and this will be his first year fishing the Bassmaster Classic. He's a great young fisherman, a great young man. He is Jay Shakurit. First of all, let's turn it over to my friend Dave Kranz, who's going to bring on Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is always brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. How are you? I am doing good. You know, uh, in... uh, Six to eight weeks, we got two big events coming up. Bassmaster Classic and the Red Crest is a couple weeks before that. These are events that Major League Fishing and BASS put on. It's their championships. They held shows there that the retailers uh, put up booths and manufacturers put up booths, and many consumer buyers come and attend these. And there are some that don't go to this, but there are a lot of things about both of these events that help the everyday fishermen, whether they're a weekend angler or whether they're more serious, aren't there? Well, yeah, there'd be no two venues, I would argue, anywhere held anywhere uh, in a year where you could go learn more about bass fishing. You know, these are obviously bass-centric events, um, you know, and you can we can talk about the big consumer shows, you know, like Schaumburg, you and I haven't attended for years and years and years, and or we could talk about... Um, you know, big dealer in-store events and all those types of things. But when you're talking about the Bassmaster Classic, especially the Bassmaster Classic in in terms of just every walk of life um, imaginable for from seasoned bass fishing, I would call experts, to the complete, utter novice, they're all there. And that's the beauty of it is you're surrounding yourself around so much information and the Bassmaster Classic has also become a time in which a lot of manufacturers will launch something new. Not every year, but certainly some years they're doing that. And, you know, so that that it's really a, um, it is the Super Bowl of bass fishing. There's no doubt about it. And then the Red Crest event is really cool too. It's come a long, long ways in the last few years. And, you know, last year it was in Oklahoma, this year it's in North Carolina. 
um, as you mentioned, just a couple weeks before the, the classic, but they're both, uh, I attend both of them for St. Croix. We'll be there uh, with our factory booth and, and all that. And, and, uh, you know, speaking on behalf of both of them, they're just, they're just awesome. I mean, you can meet the manufacturers, you can meet pros, you can, you know, obviously you can follow the tournaments that are going on, but it's just a, it's a, um, a wealth of knowledge for the, the average angler that we, it's just, um, overwhelming in a good way. They're both really cool. They are. And and what I've been impressed uh, at these events is it's just not a bunch of guys that are going there to watch this. You see families there. You see women pull, pushing and guys pushing strollers. And people plan their vacations around these these events and go to them. And it's like the start of the season for for all of us in a way. The other thing that this does is create so much awareness in the general public news that that we never get in our industry yeah i mean to to your first point the level of enthusiasm is is unbelievable it's just supercharged i mean there's just like a buzz going throughout the convention center uh throughout the entire week where st Croix will be actually there working and displaying product and engaging with anglers and you know you you get in the conversations can range from somebody that's just first starting out to somebody that has 20 rods that's looking for their 21st and and you 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 just meet new people and yeah it, it again it's hard to explain until you're actually there it would be it would be a similar conversation of talking to dealers about attending iCast the importance of that except this is definitely consumer facing where it's a great opportunity for and I would I would add this: there are a lot of anglers that aren't bass centric that are there too. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I talk to about they're fishing a tailwater for white bass. They're looking for a six and a half foot spinning rod. You get a lot of those people too. I would say they're just anglers that show up. Obviously, predominantly bass anglers, but a lot of just anglers in general because there aren't really any other venues out there like this where you have a tournament running concurrent with the with the expo center. Um, everything just comes together and it's just, it, it's, it's awesome. It, it's something where I think people should, should, should attend at least once to get a taste of it. Absolutely. And, and to your point, I've, when I've attended the, uh, these events, the, the booths are not all bass stuff. There's plenty of crappie stuff, plenty of catfish stuff, because many of the bass anglers, you and I included, we don't only just fish for bass. I mean, I love the fish for panfish. You love the fish for panfish. I mean, crappies are, are fun. Bluegills are fun. I mean, it, it, when I take my granddaughters, we're not going bass fishing. We're, we're going fishing, and we don't care what we catch. Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it's a big uh, collection of anglers that just happen to be jacked up about a bass tournament, <laughs> but it's a lot more. It's a lot more than that, and uh, uh, you know, and they, the venues are great. I mean, Knoxville is a great place to have the classic. Um, the Red Crest event again. I mentioned it was in Tulsa last year. It's going to be in uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina this year. Um, so it just, they're just great venues. It's a beautiful time of year to be out there. Um, there's a lot of overall fishing energy in those markets. So you're really coming into, I guess the best way I could say this is don't show up thinking you're going to be visiting a buzzkill because mm -hmm. it's, it's a, I always leave there thinking, man, I can't wait to go fishing. I always end up spending a few hundred bucks that I don't have on special baits that are there. And that's another thing you can find like special Bassmaster classic releases and colors on certain things and things like that, you know? So again, regardless of your, 
of your angling level. It's just, it's a great event to attend. And to your point, it is a family event. I mean, you see, you see families there from with the little kid all the way up to the granddad and the parent in between all walking together and carrying their bucket full of stuff. It's just really cool. It, it is. And, and I think what people don't realize is without these professional fishermen, the uh, innovations and development of new product wouldn't be what it is. I mean, you and I are in the industry, so we realize that, but there's people that don't care about tournament fishing and never will, but they, they go fishing and they many of the products that they buy and like are be, have been developed because of professional fishing. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, look how much you and I tweak our baits and we don't do this for a living, you know? Uh, so it, it's, it's a, it's, it's a huge driver of product innovation from forward facing sonar to boats, to rods, reels, lines, hooks, colors. I'm not going to say all, but a very significant, um, um, reason why these baits and technologies do what they do is the people that are out there making a living doing it are finding a competitive edge in coming up with these things and then they become marketable and then the average consumer can go buy it so think of the think of the advantage to that in terms of making everybody a better angler uh and you're right a, a lot of that stuff is driven by the people that are that have to catch them you know in, in anything we do if, if it's going to result in the the, the success of our job we're going to come up with advantages and ways to be better at it it's no different in fishing absolutely and i and i agree also with your that you have to go at least once because the energy that's in those buildings and the buzz going around and if if you can't be there a half hour an hour and not want to get out and go fishing and all the people you get to talk to and and our industry every employee out there seems to have a uh, a passion for what we're doing and when you get to talk to these people and nobody's there oh yeah i gotta i gotta talk about fishing or i gotta teach you on how to do this or how to do that it's um imagine trying to walk up to a um, a professional baseball or basketball player or any of that and and get the knowledge from the top level players at our events the the red crest or the classic you can do that you can talk to the the past winners the old timers the hank parkers the jimmy houston's they're they're at these events and they're accessible aren't they that's what's probably the coolest part about it and not only that but it's a great group of people too i mean the vast majority of these pros i've, I've run into at one point or another in my career and the vast majority i'm very welcoming willing to talk to you they'll give you a lot more than you think they will like when you start asking them questions about certain things or colors and and technologies and and uh things that give them an advantage they'll they'll flat out you know, tell you exactly how they feel and why it works for them. And, and that's really cool. You know, to your point, it'd be hard to get a whole bunch of NBA players together that the consumer could go talk to about shoes and why they're, why they wear this and that from a comfort standpoint or how they learn to shoot a ball a certain way. But that's exactly what you can do at events like this in fishing because they are there and they're there to engage with the public and they do a great job of it. So it is, it is very unique in that sense. And, and it just further explains the advantages of the average consumer going to something like this. 
Absolutely. And if you have kids, even even better for them, because I've seen so many of these pros that they they will help a kid and answer every question. They'll give them good information. And dad, you better have your ear tilted there too, or mom, whoever's going to help these these kids fish, listen to them and, and remember everything that they're telling them because you're only going to get the best of information attending a Bassmaster Classic or a Red Crest. And uh, I look forward to uh, to attending and, and uh, look forward to coming by St. Croix and seeing what you guys have to offer. And I always appreciate uh, Dan Johnson on the podcast. Hey, Dave, thanks so much. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnson. I am Dave Kranz. Steve Sarley is remote. And the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. And this segment is also always sponsored by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say everybody I get to interview on this segment has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest has been on before. He certainly has a passion for the outdoors. He is Pat Nye, president of the National Professional Anglers Association and president of the Future Angler Association. Welcome back, Pat. Dave. Great to be here. Ah, glad glad you're here. And you just had your uh, your big event down in Florida for NPAA. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened there and uh, how great it was. Well, you know the the NPAA conference hasn't occurred since 2023, um, mostly because of COVID. Even though we we opted in 2020 to you know, change the dates of the 2021 conference. Um, long story short, it's been three years, and it was absolutely amazing to get back to an in-person networking event. Um, additionally, we were south. We went to Fort Myers, Florida. Um, couldn't be happier with the location of the event. We were at the Holiday Inn 
Fort Myers Airport. Highly recommend the facility. It is the best hotel we've ever gone to. And uh, we may be going back. We, we don't know yet, but what a great event. It was, it was so much fun. Um, we had about 50% of the attendees had been at a conference before and 50% had not. So it, it turned out to be a great networking event. We were able to expose what we do with the National Professional Anglers Association to some people that didn't really understand what we, what we do or why. And uh, great, great event. Those who missed it, don't miss another one. There you go. Uh, that's a great number to have 50% new attendees. And I would have, uh, I felt bad that I had to mix it, miss it because I was at a, uh, a buying show uh, uh, at the, on the same time frame. So uh, hopefully the next one I'll be able to make and there's no conflicts. But that 50% number, have you ever had anything close to that? No. New? No. no. We've had 10 to 15% um, non-member or, or first-time attendees, but not 50, and uh, it's going to make a difference. We planted a seed now in Florida uh, with with opinion leaders and influencers, and that seed's going to grow. We we really, we we had the best content we've ever had. Um, You know, everything from, you know, Jay and Jason Shakur telling a great story there, um, you've had them on the show. It's it's really cool. Um, you know, Bobby Lane, he, he, he won the Red Crest, which is, you know, the the MLF version of the Bassmaster Classic. And yep. he came and told his story and, you know, let, let everybody know that he's not fishing MLF next year. He's going back to the Opens uh, to get back to the, the, the Classic and to win it. That's his goal. Um you know, we had Mike Frenette, an amazing saltwater angler. Um, the passion beyond belief, knowledgeable, just a great individual. And he was there speaking about about his love and passion um, to be a professional angler. You know, he's got a he's he's a guide uh, slash captain, and he's got a facility down in in Louisiana. You know, in Venice, some of the best, well, it is the best redfish fishing in the world. Um, He talked, and Gerald Swindle knocked it out of the park. He he is by far the best public speaker I've ever watched. (laughs) And, I mean, those that missed that, you know, I got to look around the room and watch people's faces as Gerald got up there and spoke for an hour and 10 minutes without a note card, without a PowerPoint presentation, never missed a beat. And he talked about controlling your future with a positive mindset. And, you know, when, when we're talking controlling your future, it's controlling your future as a professional angler. Yeah. We also talked about life. I mean, I can't explain how powerful it was. Excellent. Excellent. So that was phenomenal. And then we had a session by Chris Horton from Congressional Sportsman's Foundation on advocacy and the critical importance of being involved in what's going on that affects what you and I both love to do, which is angling. Um, another great session. So 
you know, you add those key uh, featured speakers to the breakout sessions that we did, and you've been there before, you know that, we had just a tremendous event. Yeah, that's that's uh, really great, and you get, get people that are passionate about the uh, the uh, industry and about what they're doing, and we, we have on this show, we've had Gerald, Jason, and Bobby, haven't had Mike on, but... but um, but those guys have been on, and, and you're right; they're all great. And I'm, I'm, you know, positive that everybody that attended got a lot out of those talks from these uh, gentlemen that are are good at what they do, but also, like you said, uh, like Gerald talking about things that apply to life. I think all of them probably talked about things that you can apply to anything you do in your life, not only fishing, but but uh, whatever you have a passion for. And, and that's what's good about the uh, NPAA. And I, I've been a member for a while, and uh, I always enjoy the updates that you get you know, on the email and see what's going on. So if there is anybody out there that is in the industry at any form, whether you guide or whether you, you uh, tournament fish or whatever, if you're working in a, a tackle store, whatever you're doing, if you're making a living at the industry, uh, look up the NPAA and and, uh, and join and see what uh, the benefits are to be there. And, and I think the real benefit is the information and the networking that you'll get from it. And uh, I just think it's an awesome group and I know how hard you've worked. And how long have you been doing that, Pat? I, since 2008, I mean, I, I started in, in a level where I could make a difference in 2008. Um, so what is that? 15 years. Uh, I don't know where those years went. Yeah. Um, but it's been, you know, it's been very gratifying to see where we came from, where we're, where we've gone to, to this point through some, you know, tough periods, including now it's a tough period again. And uh, where where I think we can go, we barely barely scratched the surface as to the you know the member base and what what kind of numbers we should have. Um, and I say should because it should. I mean, we're an umbrella organization of for anybody you know as you mentioned that's taken passion to a profession. I don't care what what area or what level. Um, there's probably a hundred and ten to one hundred and fifty thousand people that are, are what we would call today our world influencers, what I used to call opinion leaders, that really need to be a member of this organization. Um, and it helps all of sport fishing to have those influencers under one umbrella. Yes. So I'm, I'm really pleased, but um, you know, I'm frustrated. You know, I'm a salesman. We, we should be a lot larger than what we are. We just need to, to figure out how to rise through the noise that's out there. Um, in in the world, you know, in, in social media and in every every other um, aspect of communication, and have people listen to you know what our message is and what we do, and, and then join us because it will benefit everybody, especially those members. With numbers come greater opportunity, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, tell tell me a little bit about how the Future Anglers Association, which is separate but ties in at at some level. Right. So it's Future Angler Foundation, FAF. Um, you know, we've been. I started that back in in 2012 with a couple of other NPAA members. Um, I took it under my wing, and we've done amazing things. Um, it's from from where we started to where we are today. 
it's very gratifying. Um, we've got tremendous opportunity in front of us. You know, so we we started the with a need to raise money to be able to buy rods and rails and t-shirts to give the kids at events that volunteers host that are angler education events, you know, is is a way to support those that are volunteering their time. So that's our grassroots component of that. Um, you know, today we're calling these events, um, you know, instant angler events where you hand a kid a rod and reel, you just created a new angler. That kid's going to use that rod and reel. You know, they're not going to turn around and sell a $20 retail value rod and reel. They're, they're going to want to have mom and dad take them fishing. Um, that's, that's been amazing, but we also have a digital component where we're, we are now influencing millions, millions of new anglers through our Getting Families Fishing um, series of television made-for-TV programs that are being aired on Discover Media, well, Into the Outdoors, that is run by Discover Media Works out of Madison, Wisconsin, and produced by them. It's on PBS and, you know, many other networks in the educational sections of those uh, those platforms. So on, the, on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, it would be Saturday morning kids section. But we're talking millions of half an hour views each year, and it's growing. Um, so we couldn't be happier, and yet we've got major opportunity in front of us. We raised... At the, the banquet on Saturday night, we raised $27,300 um, at the event for us to reinvest in the future of angling, to go buy rods and reels and T-shirts to get the kids. That's um, awesome. You know, there, were, there were 125 people there. Yeah, we that's awesome. $27,000. That, yeah. So, that, that's, yeah, that's a crazy number for that uh, size group and definitely... Uh, Look forward to uh, having you on before the next event, and uh, we'll we'll talk. And you know, you got about a year to get ready for it, and that, and I know it takes a lot of time to do. But I appreciate you being on the podcast as always, and uh, thanks, Pat and I. David, thank you for the opportunity, and uh, I, we're going to do whatever we can do to help grow sport fishing. You, you and I both have that passion. Oh, I appreciate that, and I know we both do. That was Pat Nye. I am Dave Cran, Steve Sarlier's remote, and this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. We will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. 
Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. Dave Kranz is my partner, but he's not here. Please don't forget that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. And please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. You know, if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. Happy to have with us today a hot stick. Boy, oh boy, this guy got an awful lot of attention last year. He'd probably get a lot more if people could spell his name. He is Mr. Jay Shakurit. Hey, Jay, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Steve? Good. Do you get a lot of hard? Do you get a hard time from a lot of people about your name being hard to spell, hard to say? Oh God, yeah, all the time. <laughs> I think they just most of them just call me by my first name as the general thing. But yeah, yeah, definitely uh, get a hard time for that. My whole life for for that fact. Come on, is there is there a nickname in there somewhere? Uh, not yet, really. Honestly, I don't really. Don't really have one. Well, I could piggyback onto your fame if I could come up with a nickname for you. So this is going to give me a project to work on. Yeah, exactly. That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, there's a handful of guys like Gary Roach, you know, who's Mr. Walleye, that come up with great names. Usually when you get a nickname, it's something they end up uh, busting you. The other guys are ended up busting you with because you did something wrong or something memorable in a bad way and then that sticks with you so so maybe just j or jp would be good enough for for the the present time yeah good enough for now right <laughs> yeah you know uh said this before had your dad on a, a a good friend of mine for a long time he's one of the top walleye pros in in the walleye game and one of the smartest guys in the business as far as uh promotion and uh uh, education. He's just uh, just a great guy, and obviously he's passed a lot of that on to you. And unfortunately, for the first time in five or six years, I was not able to attend this year's uh, National Professional Anglers Association conference, which was held down in Fort Myers, Florida, over the last week. And the people who did get the opportunity to go down there got to see a tag team event put on by you and your dad making a presentation together. Tell, tell me what that was all about, how that happened, and what you guys decided to do. Yeah, so Pat and I decided that he wanted me and my dad to give a presentation down at the FBA conference. That was my, I believe, my second ever conference and maybe probably my third ever seminar that I gave. So uh, <laughs> I'm definitely getting, getting some experience under my belt and it's definitely helpful to have my dad there, uh, you know, to help me along in the seminar world. But no, our, our seminar was about uh, the whole theme of the conference was controlling your own destiny. And uh, 
our seminar was kind of on our story and our background, um, how it differed from my dad's very long career and how he got started, um, basically financially and the things that he had to control before he became a full-time professional angler, making a living, you know, in the fishing industry compared to my journey, which was very short. You know, it was only a couple of years really that I, uh, qualified and then ended up fishing for a living but there was also a longer process you know when i was a teenager and um growing up fishing in general not not just um the business side of things interesting very 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 interesting and uh, man i look at your picture for pete's sake you're still a kid you look like you're on the high school fishing team instead of fishing yeah. the bass master elites how, how, yeah. how old are you now how old are you now I am 23 now. 23. That is absolutely amazing. And, you know, the more you read about this, there, there is no tried and true formula for a guy to set up his career, you know, start out fishing as a kid, yeah. move on, and get into the elites. I just read about uh, 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 Sukup. Uh, he, he's he's uh, an elite rookie this year. He's 41 years old. My goodness, you're 23, right. 40. That's 18. It's almost a, you know, he can almost be your dad. I know that's a gross thing to, <laughs> to even think about. But uh, uh, there is no formula. But there are key points that you can take out of somebody's career and apply them to everybody that has success. And I think you guys are good examples of that. you followed a good path. You've played by your... Your your own set of rules, but you've done things the right way. Right, exactly. And that's the main thing. I mean, you don't want to do something that's, you know, you don't want to do anything that's out of your control. You want to do what's, what's in your control first, and that's the fishing aspect of things. Um, you know, once you're successful and things like that, the business side of the fishing industry, that'll take care of itself for you. So um, that was kind of my goal going into it. And I think a lot of other people's goals before they, you know, decide to pursue sponsors and everything else in the industry is uh, to have major success tournament fishing first before that. Yeah, excellent. Very, very good. And uh, I'm a, you're from Wisconsin. I'm assuming that uh, you guys flew down to Florida for the... Uh, uh, no, no, we actually, we drove down. I brought the boat down. Um, I got to bring it down, you know, because I got the new boat and it's a little chilly up north. So I still got to break it in at some point before I head back down here uh, in the middle of February. So while I'm down here, I'm doing a little bit of pre-practicing on Lake Okeechobee after our seminar here. And then I'll hit Lake Seminole on the way home for our next tournament, do a little pre-practicing there and then uh, get ready to leave mid-February. That makes sense to me. I was going to say, hey, man, uh, th this is uh, probably going to be the last time you've ever flown to Florida. Uh, you'll, you'll be doing it from now on in a truck with, with a boat hooked up to the hitch behind you, but you're, you're one ahead of me. You're, you've, uh, you're, you're down there with the boat and you're fishing. Uh, that, that travel has got to be a, a grind. I would guess it's the hardest thing about being a pro fisherman, especially on something like the Elite Tour, where you're virtually going everywhere Heck, east of the you know, east of the Rockies to fish, or all the way from you know the Canadian border down to the Gulf of Mexico, and you're getting there pulling a boat. How difficult is that, or are you just used to it, having been a fisherman for so long? No, I'm definitely not used to it yet. I mean, this is only my maybe second or third year that I've been traveling like this, and uh, 
you know, like you said, um, people ask me all the time, what's the most difficult thing about doing this? And I have to say it's the travel and the equipment um, coming from Wisconsin because every trip we make, you know, south of the border where we head to on the Elite Series Trail is usually 12 plus hours. And I mean, that's a lot of travel, a lot of, you know, wear and tear on your equipment and a lot of different things can happen in that time. So that is definitely the most difficult part of traveling from Wisconsin and traveling in general fishing in these series. Oh, I, I can't, I can't imagine. All right. So you're starting out in Florida, which is a, which is a tough way to start out because uh, Okeechobee and Seminole are, are a couple of bodies of water that I'm going to say, and not having fished either one of them are, are not like waterways you have grown up fishing. No, I mean, there's a few similarities to maybe a couple of lakes we have at home, like Okeechobee, um, you know, just a shallow flat with, with reeds and things like that. But uh, no, Florida is a completely different animal from what we have at home. And, uh, you know, not having been on Okeechobee and Seminole before, that's why I'm, I'm coming down to pre-practice just to do a little homework. And hopefully the next time I show up, I have some, some decent areas that, that I have found that I want to make sure, um, you know, the fish were in or are still in. So that's the plan, anyways, and uh, hopefully it goes well. Florida's tough. I mean, even the guys uh, that are that are from Florida that consider uh, these Florida lakes to be home water or close to home water seem to get their butts kicked constantly. Uh, nobody I ever talked to is real pleased about having to do tournaments in Florida. It's just tough fishing. Yeah, it can be. It's it's either hit or miss, really. I mean, you're either around them or you're not, and. Uh, in Florida, especially on Okeechobee, I'm starting to learn that the lake changes year to year, uh, even month to month for that fact. I mean, they get a storm down here, and an area that was good a month ago is no longer any good because the storm hit it, and, and the weed growth changes and things like that. That is absolutely unbelievable. So you, you've got two two elite events. You qualified for the elites this year. It's just so exciting that a young guy like you uh, ends up in the elites at such a quick, quick rate of speed. Uh, after the, uh, the the two events at Okeechobee and Seminole in February, you, you move on to uh, Murray and Santee Cooper in April. Uh, you're open in March. Got nothing to do. Are you looking for something to do in March, Jay? Oh, the Bassmaster Classic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably the one I'm most excited for. You know what? What was uh, in in one event? You qualified for the elites, and you qualified for the classic. Uh, you you learned of both of those at the same time, right? Yep. At the end of the season, yep, qualified, and then what? What hit you? Um, what hit you the hardest? Uh, I don't know yet. I, I want to experience the first classic and see how it is and do that first before I determine um, which one which one will be better, I think. Oh, my. I, I, you know what? I, I'm amazed. I've got the list of uh, people who are fishing the classic in front of me, and uh, I, it's, it's exciting for me to just read the names. What, what do you feel when you look at the guys that you're going to be up against? Oh, I mean, yeah, all those names. I mean, it is most of the names that I that I did fish on against the Elite Series, so I at least uh, I'm at least a little more comfortable that I fished against them at least one year. But uh, yeah, if I had to jump into it right away and fish against those guys, I mean, 
they're all my idols growing up, you know, even just two years ago watching them when I wasn't on the Elite. I, I, I got to... I, growing up, and I, you've always been a fan of fishing, I am sure. Did, were you into watching the TV shows? Oh, yeah, all the time. What'd you watch? I watched... All the Elite Series shows, all, I mean, I watched everything, MLF, it didn't matter, anything fishing that was on, YouTube, TV, um, anything. What about the northern guys and the stuff that was uh, uh, more northern pike, muskie, and walleye related? Obviously, you've got a, uh, a vested interest in the world of walleye fishing, but I'm talking, uh, did you watch the Linders and people like that? Uh, not as much, really, because when I was growing up, that's when the bass fishing really started to take off. And, uh, you know, it, it had me hooked right away. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how that went from, you know, the time I was a young teenager to now. Bass fishing is, is a world of its own. I get a, I get a kick out of it. I was at, uh, I think I was at the Redcrest Expo last year. And um, I'm walking down out. I see uh, uh, Babe Winkleman, who at one time was known as the uh, – most popular fisherman in the United States. At least he was the most watched. He had TV on everywhere. Uh, he, heck, he was on uh, Married with Children. He, he was such a, a, a big guy. And I'm sitting there, and people are just walking by, like giving a glance, going, huh, wonder who that guy is there. And uh, uh, they had no idea. And, you know, I'm guessing your dad was a Winkleman fan back in the day. Uh, and oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing how you know we a lot of people throw fishing in in one big basket, but it's not. Mm. It's not. Not yeah. not everybody appeals to everything, or everything appeals to everybody. But bass fishing is pretty darn universal. Take me somewhere where they don't know what's going on in bass fishing. Uh, introduce me to somebody who never heard of Kevin Van Dam. I dare you. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Uh, where, where did uh, when when you set this up? Uh, you're you're I'm, unless I'm reading you wrong because I think you're a nice guy and I think you're a real modest uh, young fella. Did you ever? In you can tell me because it, it'll be just between us. Nobody else will ever hear this. <laughs> um, did you ever anticipate doing as well as you've done? Uh not right away, no. I thought going into it before I even qualified and everything else, I just wanted to compete and just see if I could compete against people um, that I've looked up to forever and just see where I, I fell. You know, even if it was just a couple of checks cash, it wasn't didn't have to be wins. It didn't have to be qualifications or anything. Um, that was my original goal going into it. So to your point, no, I didn't think... Um, the success would come this early. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more about your expected success. I needed to take a real quick break. Uh, you're listening to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. I'm on with Jay Shakurath, rookie elite angler on the Bassmaster Elite Series. This guy is a hot stick. He's fishing the classic for the first time. And if you're going to bet against Jay Shakur, I'm telling you right now, you're making a big mistake. This guy is good. He's really good. When we come back, we'll talk some more about how good he is. This is Steve Sarley. You're listening to We Fish ASA. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a two. 
but I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of bait. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Surley. I'm here with Jay Shakurit. Excellent, excellent bass angler. He is down on the water right now in Florida, practicing up for the Elite Series, which he has qualified for. He is also fishing the Bassmaster Classic in March down in Knoxville, Tennessee. On the Tennessee River, is the water... Have you ever fished there before? I have not. Oh, you know what? Uh, that, that's an interesting concept. How much time have you spent in research looking at maps and so forth uh, on the um, Go ahead. yeah a ton of research ton of research i do um i try to do as much as i can until basically i start getting a headache and i can't look at the map anymore <laughs> i just need to i just need to get out on the water and uh put together what i looked at and the areas i do want to look at and see if they're similar or different and then uh i'll go from there you know once i get a couple days under my belt on a body of water and uh, kind of see see what's going on, and you know, see what's what the layout is of the lake. If I recall correctly, uh, the Tennessee River is what they call a ledge fishery. Is that correct? It is, but uh, the portion we're fishing will be a little bit different. Um, not necessarily as much of a ledge fishery up in Knoxville. More of a I guess you could say a true river system, uh, more shallow fishing, especially when we're there. It'll be late March, and the fish will hopefully be close to spawning. Oh, okay. Well, talking about that, a lot of people aren't familiar with what we're referring to as a, as a ledge fishery, and the area that you are fishing, you're saying, is, is not noted for being a ledge fishery. This is good because the rivers where you come from and that you enjoy fishing and have gotten a lot of your very early success are not necessarily areas where the fish relate to ledges anyway, right? Yep, exactly. That's what I'm most excited about, um, especially in the springtime, because I know a lot of the fish are going to be moving shallow like they do, you know, on my river back home. So I'm hoping it sets up very similar, and uh, I'm just really excited to get there. Oh, excellent. That is absolutely excellent. Well, it, 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 it should be a good one. Uh, it, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be so exciting. 
Uh, the the hoopla of it is great. The nice thing the nice thing about it is, you know, as fans and other people in the business who are down there uh, for the tournament and and watching the expo, which is the biggest fishing show ever. You get to avoid a lot of that because you're spending days on the water fishing, so you don't have to put up with all that stuff. But you still, before the event, after the event, you're still around there. It's going to be like nothing you've ever been to before. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, being there and being in the tournament is a completely different different form of everything that they have going on there. It's, uh, it's definitely going to be eye-opening for sure. Can't imagine. One of the... Uh, uh, big highlights of the pre-tournament is the uh, is the media day where you guys sit in your boats. They've got all these magnificent boats lined up, and the best anglers in the world are sitting in them. And uh, all the uh, journalists, reporters, whatever you want to call those of us in that end of the business, walk around and ask you questions. You're you're bombarded, and and I can spend the day there while it's open, and and watching the guys come out with a big smile on their face and. After an hour, eh, the smile's starting to fade. And after two hours, you see faces that are like, "Boy, I wish I didn't have to be here." It, it's got, <laughs> it's got to be tough getting bombarded with those questions. Well, you you haven't been doing this for all that many years, but I bet you've already got questions that when they come out of a reporter's mouth, you just roll your eyes. And I can't believe I'm getting asked this again. What's a, give me a question <laughs> that you don't like being asked? Um. That to be oh, the number one question is why didn't I fish walleyes? <laughs> that would probably <laughs> that would probably be my number one. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to take that personally because I'm pretty sure I've asked you that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> that, that, uh, what, does your dad think he did something wrong raising you? No, no. Be, 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 because you went, you you made a left turn uh, when you were putting a boat in the water, and you went after bass instead of walleye. You know, it, it, he's he's not upset with himself. Saying, I wish I would have done a better job with that kid. <laughs> nope, not at all. Oh man, unbelievable! It's uh, uh, it, it's 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 phenomenal, and and he he is a he he's a big supporter. Uh, I know when you were at the last tournament, he surprised you by showing up, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, at the St. Lawrence. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. See, for all of you folks that think I'm too old to remember stuff that happened six months ago, I just proved you <laughs> wrong. I, I'm not young like I'm not young and sharp like this fella, but I'm holding my own, doing doing okay. Uh, what about what about the other stuff? I talked to you about the the transportation. Uh, what about everything? You know, everybody thinks you fish for a few days. You go there. You you uh, you're going to. Uh, uh, practice, have a couple of days of practice, then come back, do the tournament, and then you're you're on to the next thing. They don't realize all that you have to do. Uh, they don't realize you just spent a week doing this NPAA conference. Uh, you're, you're in Florida while you're down there. You're, you're fishing again. There are so many other things that come into the sport. Um, how difficult is it to manage the logistics? Getting your boat from point A to point B, making sure you have a a warm bed to sleep in when you get to a tournament. How how does that all work out? How much time do you spend getting that stuff taken care of? Oh yeah, that's that's the whole off season. That's the ginormous preparation 
part of the, the whole traveling and fishing on the elite series. Um, yeah, I mean, that part is, you know, like my dad said, going into it, the best part of tournament or fishing in general in the fishing industry is the fishing part, not the, you know, the preparation, having to deal with the travel, having to deal with the lodging, having to deal with everything else. Um, when you're on the water and, you know, obviously you start catching all those big fish, then it makes it all worth it. But everything else is uh, really the hardest part. And a lot of people don't get to see what goes into, you know, a four day tournament down on Okeechobee when you're from, you know, central Wisconsin. Oh, I can I can understand that, and and I think think about it. Making a mistake, uh, you show up at a tournament in Alabama, and your reservations got screwed up, and now you're uh, you're trying to right. you're trying to find a new place to stay. And God forbid you don't have to sleep in your car one night. Uh, I I could see that happen. It's almost like you need a full time secretary, and and uh, are, are, you're 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 a, you're a single man as of right now, right? No, I have a girlfriend. Okay, well, all right, fair enough. That's good. Yeah, well, get a ring on that finger, and uh, <laughs> and and, and uh, you get a business partner, and I think sure things things will go a lot things will go a lot Great. better for yeah, you. Yeah, everything will work out. What about uh, what about stuff? Do you take do you take care of yourself? You're you're you look like you're in good shape. Do you do any working out or any exercise, or is fishing enough during the? Uh, during the fishing season, or do you need to do something to keep yourself in, in good physical condition? Yeah, I mean, this off-season was my first full off-season. Um, you know, up by us, obviously, when it gets cold and everything, it's hard to go outside when it's negative 10 and, you know, stay active. So that is a big thing, especially, you know, going on in the future, five, six years down the road. That's something that uh, I'll definitely do. But now that the the season has basically started for me. I'll be, you know, going nonstop and uh, keeping myself in gear. Okay. What about uh, what about food? I think food is really important and, and taking care of yourself and being on the road as much as you do and not eating home cooking has got to be very tough. How do you handle a food situation? Yeah, that's definitely tough. That's another question I get asked quite a bit. Um, oh, darn it. You know, <laughs> you know, you, you you try and get you try and eat as healthy as you can, but at the same time, uh, when stuff is convenient and you don't have a lot of time, you know, when you get off the water at nine at night, um, that's just something that you kind of have to deal with and, and prep for ahead of time. So when you do come in, you know, say say you got a reservation at a house and there's a stove and things like that, um, you can make your own food and make that work. So that's kind of how I'll go about it, and then some other nights. You know, whatever's convenient is convenient. Um, is kind of what I do. How, how long did it take you traveling in the fishing world to uh, obtain a desire or a liking for grits? What's that? How long did it take you to to, to get a liking for grits? You know, grits that they no. grits G R I T S. They say because you know what, being from Wisconsin, I'm from the Chicago area. I, I, I was pretty far along in life before I ever saw grits for the first time, and I'm like, what the heck are these? Oh, and, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. give them to you. They give them. About. They give them to you with every damn meal, <laughs> and and there's a hundred ways to eat them. You can eat it with syrup. You can eat it with butter. You can eat it with salt. But yeah. you always get grits. And if you don't like grits, you're going to be a hungry man. Yeah, right. No, I've gotten that probably a handful of times. I didn't. 
you kind of caught me off guard there. I didn't even know what it was until I thought about it again. But no, yeah, I don't like those. Not a fan. <laughs> oh, keep keep it. It's an acquired taste. Keep eating them, man. You'll you'll end up loving them. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> that I think that is absolutely amazing. Oh, you know the the life of a professional fisherman is not all, uh, you know, all roses. It's it's a tough life, uh, and it takes a special person with a lot of drive and determination and intelligence. And I think you've proved that you have all of those qualities so far. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to make a prediction on this year. I'm just going to be like all the rest of the Jay Shakurit fans and keep my fingers crossed that you're going to have a good year. I know you'll be cashing checks. I just hope you're cashing the big ones for the first place tri- uh, first place prizes with the big trophy. And, man, I-, I hope to be down at the Classic to watch you up there uh, celebrating the moment of your life. Uh, can't even imagine what that would be like, but if anybody's got a chance at uh, – at winning a classic, it's Jay Shakurath. Good luck to you, my friend. I really hope you do well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Steve. Just promise me you'll come back on again after you win. I will. <laughs> no Excellent. doubt. And he's a man of his word, so we'll be talking to him soon. Good luck in the classic, Jay Shakurath. Say hi to your dad, and I will talk to you later. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best on fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guests, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, Patrick Nye, Executive Director, National Professional Anglers Association, a great organization. They just finished up their annual conference. And one of the speakers at their annual conference was the gentleman I got to spend about a couple of segments with uh, Mr. Jay Shakurit, son of Jason Shakurit, uh, professional walleye angler. Jay handles things on the bass side of the business. What a father-son team they are. Jay spends some time with me, and uh, I always enjoy talking to Jay. He's a great guy, and he's going to do really well in the elites and in the classic this year. I'd like to thank our sponsor, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. They are Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. They do. Daiwa Reels. Remember, We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. You can contact us there. We'd love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, please let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or someone we should have on the show, please let us know that too. I'm Steve Surley. My partner's Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing! I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit keepamericafishing.org and pledge to pitch it.